Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner, featuring Jack and Andre. <laughs> So when I got in this morning, Ruby Miles asked me, are they going to talk about the Joker on Movies, Movies, Movies today? And I said, my money's on no. But then I realised that I could force you into talking about it because I saw it last week and you always say, Bridie, when you've seen a movie, tell us and we'll talk about it on air. So I saw the Joker. Go. Well, okay, first thing I'll say is they got rid of the the... And it's actually just Joker. It's so confusing. They drop the the, like, Justin Timberlake and the Social Network. I think the School of Rock is technically the School of Rock, but everyone calls it School of Rock. Oh. Oh, So that's kind of the opposite thing. But Jack Black fully could have done the role of Joker, and I would have probably enjoyed it more. Well, what did you think of Joaquin Phoenix's performance? He's really good, but you'll never really hear, you know, has my heart, and this movie is the same movie as that, but for boys, you know what I mean? I did get that vibe. Bit of Assassination Nation vibes in there as well. Totally, but not as fun and poppy. Assassination Nation never got a release here, you know what I mean? Like, Joker's doing everything that that movie did, but, like, from the 70s. So I'm not the kind of gal to see a billboard-type movie. Like, I would never go out, but someone was like, we've got to go see it, we've got to go see it. It's Joker, it's Joker. Yes, and I kind of liked it. I feel a bit dirty about that. Am I okay? Am I going to be all right? Yeah, I liked it too. I thought I was, like, expecting to fully hate it, and suddenly it, like, ended up being the most cathartic, enjoyable class experience mm. <laughs> where he just like <laughs> tell us about what happened when you went into the cinema who was going to see the Joker no, no Joker and who was going to see Hustlers so I go to the movies last night on my own in Dendy a cap, Newtown in Dendy Newtown to see Hustlers and realise I'm you know single white male in a cap going to see Hustlers along with a lot of other single white males going to see Hustlers and everyone going to see Joker were like feminists trying to cheat their way into getting into Dendy Newtown and watch a free fun movie it was like total gender divide but not the way the media tells you it's going to be. Mm. All there at Denny Newtown. Things are happening. Oh, and you haven't seen Joker, so I, I yeah, see that's why you're being because, a bit quiet. Well, I'm just a conservative, and uh, I think it's outrageous that they even tried to remake literally the most famous performance of all time, which is Heath Ledger playing Joker, who then passed away and won the first post, post-death post Oscar. You haven't even seen this new Joker. I know, I haven't. I know. Be- on principle. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm a principled person. And also because... I don't know. I I mean, on paper, seriously, the director of The Hangover directing Joaquin Phoenix in a film called Joker when it should be called The Joker. I'm sorry, but Honey, he directed Starsky me. and Hutch, which is still amazing. Snoop Dogg's best ever on-screen performance. <sighs> blah, blah, better blah. than The Beach Bomb. Meet the Parents is better than Meet the Fuckers, yada, 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 well, His next film is actually Snoop Dogg and Nick Cave going for the pink dollar in the 70s, trying to, like, run a gay sauna together. No, but the thing is that I believe you when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings, FBI 94.5. Movie news. Okay, so from apart from the Joker being called just Joker. <laughs> That's the biggest takeaway we have. That's our hot take. <laughs> what more movie news do you have for us today? Gina Davis won half of Thelma and Louise and also the first Which woman, half? Would she... Oh, God. Good question, actually. Great question. Text in. Text in. <laughs> is Gina Davis Thelma or is she Louise? She's been hired by Disney to check scripts for gender bias. Of she, previous Disney movies? or I future? think of future Disney movies um, because uh, anyone can just do the previous ones. I think that's pretty much what everyone does in uni. Yeah. But uh, she's going to check the future scripts for gender bias. She was famously the first woman to play a female president in a show that only went for one season, Commander-in-Chief, which I highly recommend. And now, uh, and, and now Gina Davis has been chosen, hand-picked by Disney. Yeah, 
as the new is this is this sexist? Basically, she was running like a is this sexist job. What was she running? She was like a lobbying for gender bias in media, like well, training. She was, was lobbying for gender bias. She was, one, yeah, she she was, was lobbying. She wanted for, more bias. Yes, more bias. <laughs> uh, okay, so Jenny Davis has this job as this amazing future-breaking script supervisor. If Susan Sarandon had to have a cool job, what would it be? I'm thinking something like Susan Sarandon is the new script supervisor for the Grand Theft Auto games. <laughs> she's Make- doing. She's actually the surgeon that operates on Bernie Sanders. Keeps him going. Oh, Susan Sarandon. I love when she expands her career opportunities into things like running a ping pong club. That's real. That's true. Susan Sarandon runs her own ping pong club. Now, what does the uh, Palm Khan Palm d'Or winning South Korean film Parasite have to do with Harvey Weinstein? Okay, so it's not a sexual controversy, but the South Korean director of Parasite has opened up about basically playing Harvey Weinstein, who was distributing an American film that he made called Snowpiercer, starring my auntie Jill Swinton. Harvey insisted on cutting down a 25-minute fish-gutting scene. And the South Korean director really wanted to keep it, and the cinematographer agreed. So they basically lied to Harvey and claimed the shot was an homage to the director's father, who was a fisherman. And we all know that Harvey is a family man because he literally named his company the Weinstein Brothers. Or Anyway, and then it was like, yeah, that in that case, I'm family-oriented, and let's leave that cut in. Mm, mm, okay, what else is there happening? There we go. I just want to go to a text here quickly. Ah, movies, movies, movies is the reason for Amazing Mondays. So funny. Such awesome, (laughs) sassy insight. Thank you. (laughs) We got absolutely dragged for that last week. We did. Honestly, we've learnt a lot. We said it was a bank holiday when it was actually Labor Day, and that's so not on brand. And I'm really, really sorry. And we've we've done our reading. We know what Labor Day is. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Let's move on to... The opposite of Labor Day, Helena Bonham Carter, according to The Guardian, recently shared with audiences at the Cheltenham Literary Festival that to prepare prepare for the role of Princess Margaret in the upcoming Netflix series The Crown, she hired a psychic to help her literally contact Princess Margaret. Which Um, one was Princess Margaret? She was kind of like the fun one who is super relatable in the first season, if you've seen any of it. Oh, no, I mean in history. In (laughs) history, she was the sister of Elizabeth. She's the younger sister, the black sheep of the family, one would say. A fun one? She's the fun one who I wanted to be a little more royals. real, a little bit more jazzy. She didn't want to do the whole princess thing. You know. Does that mean Helen's playing Olivia Colman's sister in the upcoming third season of The Crown? Is that right? Olivia Colman is playing Princess Queen Elizabeth and, right. and Helena is playing the sister. Okay, that is the joke I want to see. And, and Princess, do you know what the... So, she goes to the psychic and the psychic contacts Princess Margaret and apparently Princess Margaret says... I don't care what you do, but you have to get the smoking right. You just oh. have to smoke on point. That was wait, really important wait, Helena for me. Helena got a reply. Helena got a reply from Princess Margaret oh. through the ether, through the spiritual realm, and Princess Margaret said to Helena, babe, you've got to be really on point with the smoking. And you know what? I bet you Joachim didn't contact Heath Ledger, and that's the tea. And that is the tea. Ooh. But also, like, I don't know. You haven't seen Joker, and I think he might have contacted Heath Ledger. Maybe you're right, Jen. <laughs> I got this I think wrong. Heath and River were like literally over both of his shoulders and it was like really beautiful. How okay, do you think you, how do you think you would have to go about contacting Heath Ledger if well, you wanted to? We've actually done that. That's how I fell in love enough, with you. Jen fell in love with me because I pretended to contact Heath Ledger in a fake We did a seance that we did about three years ago, but that's a story for Honestly, another, honey, for it was another like episode. Six years ago. <laughs> I can't believe I just came up with the most (laughs) random out there call out. And you're like, oh, well, actually, (laughs) funny story. It's how how I met your mother. Okay, you're listening to Movies, Movies, Movies on FBI 94.5. Jack and Andre, my beloved film lords are in. We're talking all things films. And coming up next, you'll get two reviews. What will be reviewed will be revealed right after this song. We rang from Shady Nasty and Slim Set. Language warning. 
Dirty skin crease, meat grass, in palms tight. The sun shines on warrum, the steel smiles on summer. Bulldozers humming, bitumen drumming. The sun cries for warrum, now fiber covered. Talk off to describe the comma, tongue tied. We're gonna rummage through the rubbish and subterfuge. Something to prove, then Sydney will come for you. Nothing to comfort you if it glistens, I'm gullible. The guilt is untouchable, luxury, lust, harm, gum tree, nuts, bolts, yellow belly stuff, not even a job, raised there, Asia adjacent, time to pay rent. I'm in church, church, Chinatown, with the finest around me. Dry fits are a crown piece, West Sydney with a pound sleeve. I'm in church, church, Chinatown, with the finest around me. Dry fits are a crown piece, West Sydney with a pound sleeve. Every nationality under the sun. Still caps, now nah, not TN. Still a Mac, can't like TN. Third eye wife with a BS. Call the plug, green man, my mama, Kien. If you wanna go, you'll get stopped like chicken Kiev. Like, ah, McCain, he's done it again. I don't slide in no TM. My life in trash like the Ibis. Thinking, how do they survive this? Used to be proud of the island. City on copper, no diamonds. City shut down for a bit of violence. Can't recognize the horizon. When I'm back on the, back on the, back on the west line with a high vis. Hype on, then they're gonna rise up on the mic with the mic plot. Check line one and amplify ya. Drum stage, gaze at vampires, yes. Was my own driver, pump to pump it. Rock the rig, then went the sub hit. Nails got bit in, chew my skin, retire, sunk in. Every nationality under the sun. What's your natural man? I've always been a big asshole. Ever since the itty bitty tap hole. Got my kitchen, not a big canto. Still a little pest, but no. I gotta get a bread sample. Gotta get a bread sample. Yeah. Sitting in a six seater to myself. No one gonna kick the feet up with the hell. Well, why would nobody say, with the boy do I smell? Man, I'm in a tin can and I see a bin tan. Why feet up? Bring a bombshell bell. They turn Bali into a shell. Not content with themselves, concerned with their well. Squad on the throne, six seats all stops to my home. Rolling the smoke, round paper bed in a hole. Peaking, para robs, town to talk, eyes to scar. I'm a church, church in Chinatown with the finest around me. Dry fits are a crown piece. West Sydney with a pound sleeves. I'm a church, church in Chinatown with the finest around me. Dry fits are a crown piece. West Sydney with a pound sleeves. Every nationality under the sun. one from Slimset and Shady Nasty on the text line. Thank you for mentioning Heath Ledger. Damn, that was disturbing me too. Feels a little too soon. And Stephen in Bondi says, Judy, 
Um, no, so simplistic. And the performance, well, it shows that biopics are judged in an exalted manner. It always seemed to be Renee Tommy Eyes. Love the show, Stephen in Bondi. Thank you so much. One. No, no, no. Two reviews. Two reviews. Give me more reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two stage of movies, movies, movies here on Monday mornings on FBI 94.5 where Jack and Andre tell us a little bit about two movies that they've seen. It'd be totally sacrilegious for us not to comment on the Heath Ledger text. I think it is too soon to make Joker considering that it's only been 10 years since Heath Ledger died and that's a long time but also too soon. I also don't care. I think it's great. Have as many takes on one thing as possible. I'm anti-copyright in this place. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone should do Joker, you know what I mean? Like, mm. why is that IP owned? No, I think you're right. Including okay. Amy Poehler. <laughs> well, tell us what's happening for two reviews today. Who's going first? And what will you be? And is Joker getting a review? Funnily enough, we're not doing it today, uh, but we will do it next week. Can I make a case for it to be reviewed next considering week? Considering the popularity of this film, which I had no, no idea about, I didn't know it was so big, we're doing Hustlers instead and also the Breaking Sad movie. Breaking Sad? Breaking Sad. Bad, sorry. Bad. sorry. Breaking Bad, sorry. My <laughs> apologies. Should we do Hustlers first? Yeah, let's do that. All let's right. do the fun one. Ooh, so Constance, we're in JLo play bestie strippers who drug and rob horny Wall Street men. Please tell me we have a clip. It's such a fun trailer. Keep reviewing, I'll Keep get it Keep reviewing, okie dokie. Okay, so let me get you started, guys. I'm feeling a little criminal falling into Hustlers discourse, but this movie fills F and G. Not only is the script missing a one-liner moment, where's Tina when you need her, but prides itself on safe Hollywood storytelling for rich people with magazine subscriptions. Also, Hustlers has worse press than ScarJo's entire public life. And I've heard the tea, but I am curious, how bad is it to have a normie movie that paints sex workers as survivors of botched capitalism? Also, who's to judge how people make money? Ellen DeGeneres gets paid $70 million a year to go on TV and spout centrist rhetoric about being nice to George Bush. That's the saddest con. Tacky millionaires with screen time. Meanwhile, Trace Lizette, an exceptional actress and ex-stripper, gets 10 minutes in a Hollywood film set in the club she worked at. What I think could have been a fire Diablo Cody, Trace Lizette FX show, Diablo Cody being the only out ex-stripper to win an Oscar for screenwriting, is just a mom-daughter Oceans movie with a bit of more with a bit more research into stripper aesthetics. But maybe Hustle's a winner. America's one big strip club, blah, 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 especially Hollywood, except less exciting than scores. Jen, flop or nop? Oh, there was just, like, so many moments in this movie that I kind of like, but I can't look past the social posts where no one got paid for them booking out this club and not even, like, the last scene where they... I'm not ruining anything by saying this, where they, like, kind of celebrate stripper culture can, like, wipe the bad taste on your ma- off your mouth of, like, Constance Wu being so nasty and, like, slimy and, like snitchy through this film but I guess that's kind of the point of the film and is this redemption story of like mothers and daughters and Mm. I really related to that and J-Lo makes a really good mom. There's a lot of good in it I just think that sometimes the decisions that they made about the film were in in reverse like why not make the film just about Tracel Z and Cardi B why is J-Lo at the front of this why did J-Lo have all those cock-ups behind the scenes I know but I also loved the um Julia Stiles character Cat yeah. from Except when she's like in slow you. motion leaving the house. No, but I like that. Silence. I like the idea that sh- that cat after sh- after ten years ten years ahead, ahead about you becomes turns a journal- into a journalist who went to Brown, who then writes a story about strippers. Absolutely, so, yeah. That to me is like. God, are actually- you keeping up? I have like that was all so complicated. But Sorry. hustlers, okay, right. there's hustlers, a variety. Hustlers, are- slow down, honeys. <laughs> slow down. There's a lot to say about hustlers. People are going to be talking about it for the rest of the year. J Lo's hundred percent going to be nominated for an Academy Award for this. 
problematic fave that needed Azalea Banks. <laughs> yeah, but it's a little bit more Iggy Azalea, if we're going to be real about it. All right, Actually, let, now let's filter it right down yeah. to one word. Hustlers, in a word. One less, one less problem, which is an Iggy line. Or is it Ari? Who knows? Problems. Bloody beetroots. And I go. wished it was more Gesaffelstein. <sighs> Music references. <laughs> the ruin this through. movie's through of it. Like, it's got, like, Royals by Lord. It's got Warp by the Bloody Beetroots. Okay, Jen, don't respond <laughs> Criminal to this. Criminal But I'm seeing that we're getting a lot of text right now and a lot okay. of conversations. So okay, okay, just, okay. Let's just shut down the hustle of the conversation. Okay. <laughs> okay, shut down. Shut down. Jen, your review. The Breaking Bad movie on Netflix. First of all, rest in peace Robert Forster, the grounded anti-sugar daddy in QT's Jackie Brown and the ancient Greek Sharon vacuum shop human trafficker in Breaking Bad. He just died after stealing this entire movie. Breaking Bad El Camino dropped on Friday and it's a modern day colonial stoner comedy with zero laughs and lots of digging holes. So Aussie boys will love it. Uh, It stars an actor who really has everything to lose, and this film really is just about that. Aaron Paul, who played Jesse Pinkman in the original series six years ago, is taking tools out of Harry Potter Daniel Radcliffe's toolkit by clinging to a career literally by just clenching his teeth in every scene. The stakes have never been this high. Scene after scene, we wonder, will he break? His poor character faces slavery to Nazis, sexual assault, and worst of all, condescension from father figures, until one trustworthy older man tells him in The Final Frontier is Alaska. So like Homer in the Simpsons movie, he goes to Alaska without knowing anything else about it. So many mask on mask, will they cry character building scenes when you're like, please escape. There's been sirens for like five minutes. There's amazing hyperreal design in Breaking Bad, but the pace, tone and guise of Better Call Saul are hotter. Is it an honour to get cast in Breaking Bad? As someone who's never seen a single episode of Breaking Bad, is it worth like even okay. considering? I've got down to that. Not. Three words, Better Call Saul. That shit is real and I love it. It's truly legendary. Yeah. Let me ask you, Jen, what time of night did you write that review? Because you know that I wrote mine at 2am. What time did you write your review? Well, it was a full moon last night and no one sleeps. So obviously What's with that? Yeah. People who pretend to sleep during the full moon are just in denial. It's like no one's sleeping. Just Mm -hmm. like lean into it. Have three coffees. (laughs) So as someone who... Don't don't stay up and regret every decision you ever made. Yeah, just Mm. like stay up and just like meditate and it's fine. Okay, back to the movies. Back to movies. Back to movies. movies. Sorry. As someone who went through... This movie does make me want to meditate though. as someone, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. Someone who went through film school while Breaking Bad was finishing their entire run, I can just see the, like, like the huge scale effect that it had on male directors, and it's not that interesting. And I think this film, to me, just needs a bit of... Something that gives a bit of warp for... You literally didn't watch it, Andre. I know, that's why. Because <laughs> I literally didn't watch it. Well, forgive me for having an opinion about something that I didn't watch. <laughs> okay, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, which is on Netflix. What would you give it in a word, Andre? <laughs> Better Call Saul. Just watch that instead. Pink Eye. <laughs> okay, up next, Sydney Spotlight. We're talking to someone who has decided to host her film festival in a bit of an unusual place. You're going to find out all about it after this one from Clipping. Blood of the Fang listening to Movies, Movies, Movies on FBI 94.5. Jack and Andre, join me. What's happening? Sydney Spotlight. Jack and Andre, you've brought in a very special guest today who's putting on a first-time screening in a very unusual place. That's right. We're joined by Angelica Waite, who's organising the first film group screenings. And I came across this uh, on the gram and just had no idea about it. So I'm curious to know. Welcome to the studio. Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for having me. So I, yeah. tell us where you're screening, what you're screening and why you're screening there. Yeah, sure. So um, a good friend of mine, Greta Balog, and myself, we've started a group called The Film Group. 
and we have our first screening this Wednesday, the 16th, and we're screening our first um, first film in a space called Archie's, which is in Glebe. It's in Jubilee Park Oval, and it's in... You might have seen, if you've been to Jubilee Park Oval, there are there's a beautiful old aqueduct, and some of the archways underneath the aqueduct have been turned into workshop spaces, and they're really lovely little spaces. So, yeah, the first of the film group screenings is going to be in this space. So are you projecting onto a, a screen, or what's, the, yeah, that's what's right. the setup? Yeah, projecting onto a screen in this space. Um, is, yeah, there, pretty... is there water running through the aqueduct? Or... No, it's old. It's it's, old I think or... now it's actually been turned into the light rail, so that's the easiest way to get you, there. You're under the so, light rail? Yeah, the light underneath rail the light rail. It's so beautiful yeah, around there. I was walking yeah, around there the so other beautiful. night. Like, oh my God, this is like the most beautiful part of Sydney. Yeah, we're lucky. It's a really great space to be able to put on a screening. So what, what? take us back to the moment when you thought, let's put a screening on there. Well, I've been involved with this group called Workshop for Potential Cinema That's that has a workshop in one of these spaces. And the first time um, I visited the space, it's a, it's a film editing workshop. Um, editing and... Uh, so it's a 16mm and 8mm film processing workshop. Oh, my God. Um, so in an aqueduct like in Jubilee Park. Yeah, it's so cool. Editing. Oh, my yeah. God. It sounds, like, yeah, it sounds like something you'd need to do in a studio, like in, in sort of a consistent space where wind won't just blow. That's the... it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As in just inside. <laughs> it's the wind. It's so annoying. Call like, me crazy. <laughs> that film anyway. stuck outside. So you were there and you yeah, thought, yeah. And just this, thought would be this would be a beautiful space, space for um, a movie. So where are people going to sit? So they, it's a pretty DIY space, but we've got chairs, so people Cute. will be able to sit. Cute. Um, and what's the film? Can you tell so us about the, the film? film? It's called yeah, more Lion, importantly. Yeah, but. sure. <laughs> so the film is called Lion Fork. Um, it's a film made by Vic Rawlings and Jeff Silver, and it's a film about a banjo player named Lee Sexton and his wife Opal. So it's this beautiful film that Greta and I found and just thought it would be incredible to show. It's a really... I guess I'd call it like a very meditative observational film about this man and his partner. And it's, um, yeah, it's really beautifully shot. It's very patient and kind of allows for Lee and Opal's lives to just unfold in all of their dailiness and everyday ritual on, um, on screen. This might be a bit of a tricky question, but what do you think that movie, what do you think about that movie will be so good and perfect to have in that particular space that you are that really, yeah, you. that's a good question. I think it's, I mean, there's something about this film that is incredibly immersive and I think being in a bit of a blank space like that could be a really great fit for, you know, screening something that's, it's, it's definitely, it's, a, it's from a group, it, it's part of a group called the Sensory Ethnography Lab and they kind of, um, they experiment with combinations of um, ethnography and aesthetics, so kind of interesting new ways of, you know, making anthropological films or documentary films um, with a kind of artistic bent to them. So I think that something about this film, I think, most, yeah, mostly the the immersive nature of the film will just work really well in this little space. And, yeah, we're excited about it. It's part of a two-part program. Um, so we've themed this, the first two of our film group screenings are themed uh, landscape. So this first film is Line Fork, and next we'll be showing a film by Vietnamese artist and filmmaker and uh, anthropologist Trin T. Min Ha. Okay, you guys can have um, a joker. I'm going to go watch some Line Fork to be yeah, honest. Yeah, Seriously. come on. Okay, how much, <laughs> how much would t- tickets set you back to uh, come along oh, it's to... it's free. Yeah, it's a free event. We really, yeah, we want to make sure it's something that everyone can get to. So There you go. I'm immersed. Hey guys, uh, Wednesday night, 7, 7.30 for 8pm start. That is chic. At the aqueduct. That is chic. Are you going to have some signage so people don't get lost at the aqueduct? Maybe we should. 
someone standing there. Maybe okay. we can come stand. Yeah, okay. And Joker, how about spin this for a night? Up on the light rail, which is already very European. I'm already feeling very much like I'm in the new wave. <laughs> it's already a night out. It's already a night out. Uh, I get off a glee, but I troll on down to the bleachers. And like I'm like, a troll. Oh, wait, like a troll. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait, it's not the bleachers. This isn't it. Chapter two. And then I go to the aqueducts and I can finally say aqueducts. That's and I get right. to see a beautiful film projected. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, come. It'd be lovely to have you there. I hope you crack into the banjo scene too. I hope there's a lot of banjo players that come. I and really Do you know the banjo so player? Well. We have one. Yeah. Literally, we have. Yeah, one. We literally have a friend called Grace Barr. If you're listening, yeah, come play banjo. <laughs> we'll hook you up Wednesday night. <laughs> okay, so Jubilee Park this Wednesday, the 16th of October, 7:30 p.m. Rock up. It's a free event. Thank you so much, Angelica Waite, for coming in and telling us about this Thank one. Thank you. Thanks for having me Sydney, in. Sydney Spotlight. Movies, movies, movies. You've been listening to it, and it happens every Monday. Jack and Andre, my film lords, my film angels. Thank you so much. Joker is getting reviewed next week. That's right. I insist. America's a strip club. Lovely Friday. (laughs) This is Blue Coloured Mountain by Sismon. Here are mornings. FBI. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.